like Peter, every Easter I start digging for the reality of what really happened. Years ago, I told you about going to sunrise services. So in college, I would, uh, during that early morning before sunrise, I would go out to some spot on campus and I would kneel down and just say, Lord, just reveal yourself to me. You know, I wanted something, I wanted the back of my neck to tingle. You know, <laughs> I, I wanted to see something miraculous. I, I knew there was something very special about this celebration and why we celebrate it. And I remember one year, actually, there was a cloud cover, and I thought, I'm not even going to see the sunrise. And I got down on my knees, and I raised my hands, and the, as the sun rose, a beam came right through the clouds in a little hole and just shone. I know it was directed toward me, right? And so I, I got up after that. No big deal. It wasn't like, but it was one of those moments when I felt like God was just tapping me on the shoulder and saying, it's true, and I'm with you. Now, if you are here this morning and really do not believe, and you may be, and that's okay that you're here with us and, and struggling with that, because even those of us who have been around a long time struggle on certain days when we go through certain things in our lives. We struggle. It's hard to believe sometimes that Jesus really is alive. Is he alive? So I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you three things you need to know about the resurrection. I'm going to do it quickly, and then I'm going to ask you one question. The first thing I'm going to say about the resurrection is this. It happened. It happened. There's no maybe. It all comes down to this. Either it really did happen or it did not. The Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of historical record, the Jesus that billions of people call their Savior. The same Jesus died. He rose again on the third day. Now, if it is true, and it is, then we have a confrontational decision to make. If it is not true, then we are all fools who seem to be so excited this morning. Everything hinges on this. Christianity lives and dies on the resurrection. The cross before it, but without the resurrection... The cross is a problem. Without the cross, the resurrection is a problem. But without that resurrection, there is no faith. There is no penalty for my sin. The cross may have happened, and it may have taken care of the sins of the past, but the resurrection is what takes what gives us the grace for the future. The resurrection is the power that comes from the death of Jesus on the cross. If he died and stayed dead, then he is not God. 
He took the sin of the world with him into hell. All the sin, everyone's sin, past, present, and future sin. And he experienced the sting of death. And then because he is the son of God without blemish, which means that he is like a lamb without blemish, he is perfect. He did not sin himself, but he took my sin and all of our sin. And he took my place and he died the death that I will not die. And he took all of that straight to where it belonged, into hell. But because the perfect son of God was in hell, well, that was a problem because hell was not a place where righteousness could dwell. And so the perfect Christ broke everything. He tore down every barrier. He destroyed every wall that had been been put up between man and God. And he defied death and he rose to that victorious place. Now that actually happened. If it if it's the one question, did Jesus rise from the dead? Is he alive now? Not did he rise and then die again, like some did, but when he rose from the dead, did he stay alive? Everything hinges on that one fact. If that's not true, none of it's true. It's true. If that's not true, none of it's true. Because Jesus said he would, it says that he did, and then it then they talked about that having happened. Everything else that was said is a huge lie if he was not raised from the dead. Jesus was not just a good teacher because he said he would die and be raised from the dead. And if that was a manipulation, if that was a story to tell, hoping that we would believe, and it wasn't true, he's not a good teacher. He is a liar, a lunatic, or something, if it's not true. Jesus rose from the dead. Um, Paul said this, he said, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. That's what Paul said. It's just that simple. Either he did or he didn't. Either he is or he isn't. It's it's up to me and up to you whether we believe that or not. Now, either you say it is true or you say it is not true. And I'm going to give you some problems with saying it's not true. First of all, if you say it's not true, that means that you have researched it, that you've actually looked at the facts, not just we, we accept this by faith, but you accept by faith when the doctor tells you to take some medication you've never seen before. And you accept by faith, it's not going to kill you, it's going to heal you. You accept by faith many things. In fact, well, I I just don't know really if Neil Armstrong actually 
went in a rocket to the moon and got out and stepped on the moon, first man on the moon? I mean, how do I really know that that happened? And you say, well, come on, Pastor, that wasn't that long ago. And, you know, we've got all kinds of proof. I mean, you know, uh, there, are, there are movies of this, pictures. You know, I said, yeah, but they, they, listen, I've heard other people say that that whole thing was created in Hollywood. That's what I've heard. I've heard that they just staged this whole thing and it never really happened and they have fooled us all of these years. And if you believe that, I'm going to use the S word. We're stupid. Okay? Now listen. Now listen. Listen. The, you know, sorry for my French. How could we not believe that it's true? All these people saw him and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins get on Apollo 11 and blast off into outer space. And then that means all of NASA was, was fooling us that it didn't happen. That means that those men and their families and everybody that knows them, uh, you know, and, and since that time, nobody's come out and said, you know what, it didn't really happen. I was, you know, I was in the back of this thing and I, I saw what they were. Nobody's come out like that. I mean, I mean, of course it's true, right? But I didn't see it. I, they say they can prove it, and I see pictures, but they could have done that anyway. That doesn't mean that I have to believe it. I mean, what about the fact, Pastor, that this thing about Jesus, that happened 2,000 years ago plus? I mean, I mean, that's a different story, isn't it? Well, let, let me give you a little example here. How do you know that Christopher Columbus crossed the ocean and discovered America. How do you know that? I mean, it's in a book, and there are some records of it, but how do you know that Christopher Columbus discovered America? You don't, I mean, you believe it. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody that doesn't believe that because they've been taught it. But you believe it because you've been taught it, not because you really know it. You weren't there. You didn't see it. However, there are written documents, and there is a history that followed it. And so you kind of go back in history with all the history that's recorded, and it takes you back to that moment in time, and it seems that it does fit within the context of history. Well, I want you to do your research before you say to me that you do not believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, because the research is there. There is enough proof that he rose from the dead, that far outweighs the facts of Christopher Columbus discovering America. Did you know that? There are more documents. There's more proof. We have, there were 500 people that saw Jesus alive. And, and there seems to be no controversy over that. All of these books that were written, and when we read the Bible, just don't, don't forget, those are, those are different books put together with different authors. And you've got all these different authors giving a different perspective because they didn't read the other guy's thing and say, well, I'm going to copy that. In fact, the stories are so different with different angles that you realize there's no way these guys got together on this story. And so you, 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 if you're going to believe anything about any of history, you have to believe that Jesus lived, that he died, and even that he rose from the grave. It's in, the, it's in 
all these different books, all these different people pro- proclaim it. Now we take the church and history all the way back, and it fits within the context. Even the secular, non-Christian historians of the day refer to it. They, they don't know that he was raised from the, you know, that's always going to be an issue. But when you go back and look at the number of people who saw him, who wrote about it, whose life was changed by it, and who then gave the rest of their lives to the fulfillment of his mission, you cannot deny that either there's some wild and crazy thing happening in the universe that we can't explain, or Jesus actually did rise from the grave. It's history. It's, it, I accept it by faith. But see, you, and, and the truth of the matter is, I'll give you two books to go read. If you need something other than the Bible, I'll give you two books to go read. Uh, just go Google Lee Strobel and Google Josh McDowell. Lee Strobel, S-T-R-O-B-E-L, and Josh McDowell, two L's at the end. Those two guys, well, they leave no stone unturned. No, uh, pun is intended. These guys get into every aspect. If you come out of that and reject what they've said, well, more power to you because even the mind will have to align with the understanding of the proof of the resurrection. Now, I know though, however, that you can read all the books and you can hear everything I say this morning, but you still have to believe it in the heart. It's got to move from the head to the heart. Okay, so let me just read to you a couple of scriptures quickly. Um, uh, this one is, uh, this is Jesus predicting it. He said to his disciples about a week, two weeks before it happened, he said, behold, we are going to Jerusalem, Mark 10, 33, And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, deliver him to the Gentiles. They will mock him, scourge him, spit on him, and kill him. And the third day, he will rise again. All of those things happened historically, all of them. Look at Luke chapter 24. Now, this is a different book, different author. He's not even one of the disciples. Neither one of these guys were one of the twelve. Luke or Mark, okay? And so Luke writes this, that the angel said, and I know you're, you know, come on, Pastor, you believe in angels? I mean, there are angels all through these stories. And this angel said to Mary Magdalene, he is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. And don't feel so badly if you struggle with it. Look, Mary Magdalene still struggled with it. The disciples struggled with it more than she did. Even after they heard he was raised from the dead, even after they saw him raised from the dead, they still struggled a little bit. I mean, it's just a natural thing to struggle over this issue. Even though they had heard Jesus say he was going to do it, and he showed up afterwards, they were still struggling. Is, Is this a spirit? Is this real? They struggled with it. And, and really, they, they believed it before he ascended, but it was when the Holy Spirit came that this thing went from their head to their heart, okay? And then if you look at Luke, I've read this scripture to you this morning, 2434, the two disciples, uh, but what that went back from the road to Emmaus, they went back 
to the other disciples in verse 34, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And he did. He appeared to Simon alone. And in Acts 1-3, Luke again writes a different book. He's done more research. He's talked to more people. And here's what he says. To whom he also, Christ, also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, let me read one more to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is what Paul says. For I delivered to you, verse 3, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, that's Peter, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. Some little gathering of 500 Jesus showed up at of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. When you think about this, this man is writing that over that 500 people have seen him. Many of them are still alive. He writes this letter and sends it out. Imagine what this would have caused, the stir it would have caused if, they, if people began to say, I don't know anybody. Do you know anybody? This man's lying. I mean, everything Paul... Uh, wrote about, did, talked, I mean, if, if this is not true that there are 500 people that saw Christ risen, this would become a problem for all of history, for Christianity, for any of his writings, if, if those people weren't out there saying they had seen it, they had seen him. And so um, it happened. It really happened. Number two, and these last two are not that long. Here we go. It happened to you, or for you at least. Has it happened to you? It happened to you. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us when even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It happened to me. It happened to you. And when you believe, your heart knows it. Then your whole life is given to it. We're not just, you know, we're not just telling stories and somehow in this fog about, you know, there must be a God, I believe there's a God, We've experienced him on the inside. It has happened. And that's number three. It happened. It happened to you. It happened in you if you have believed. This is the difference between a non-believer who is questioning, wondering, did it really happen? And a believer who says, I know it happened because it has happened not just to me. It has happened in me. And you have uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and you he made alive. And I told this last week, that word actually means quickened. Some quickened. It's like life was given to us at the moment we believed and just said yes. I didn't even have to pray the right prayer. I just said yes. And quick, you may not have felt it at the moment. Feelings come and go. Feelings do come with our relationship with God, but they come and go. 
but there was a quickening that happened by God. He put resurrection in us. The presence of Christ himself by his spirit comes to my spirit. That's why I know. That's why I know. You can say what you want. Challenge me in any way you want. I can't answer every question. I just know because I've accepted by faith, but because it's real. And it's real to me after all these years. It's real. And then the question. The question is, will you discover it? I'm going to ask this to the believer and the non-believer. Will you discover that it happened, that it happened to you, that it's happening in you? Will we access the power of that resurrection in greater levels in our lives? Because it's there for the taking. Here's the real question. The question really isn't, did it happen? I'm telling you, don't say to me it didn't happen or you don't believe it happened if you haven't, if you haven't looked at the evidence. Because that wouldn't be right. But I will say this. It's got to be a heart thing. And just know that it's really not about me just saying, well, okay, I believe it. You know, most people who do not believe after having heard enough have made a decision not so much that they don't believe. We just make this decision that we don't want to believe. Let that sink in. Because believers do it too. We believe to an extent, but it, we're not sure that we want to believe something that may change the way I live every day. Do I really want to believe something that will require radical difference in my life? And if God has a chance to move in, he probably is going to do some some pretty radical but wonderful things. But do I want it? If I want it, then I'll begin to believe. If I don't want it, then my belief, my faith will pause. The question really is, it's not, did it happen? The question is, do we believe? The real question is, do we want to believe? Um. I was in high school, I was working in a clothing store, I was just minding my own business selling pants, and a guy walks in the store, and he's a friend of mine from high school, well, I say a friend, an acquaintance, and he came, he didn't come to buy anything, he just walks in the door, comes up to me, I'm alone, and he comes up to me, and he says, he says, so what? He said, I believe it bothered him that I was a professing Christian and that, you know, in his mind, a crazy guy. And he just said, he just said, so what? I believe that Jesus lived. There was a Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross. I believe that, that it happened in history. I believe that he rose from the grave. I believe that. So what? And, you know, I'm not, you know, really good in those situations naturally. But in that moment, God showed up. And some thoughts came into my head that were just so appropriate. So I thought I should say them. 
And so I said to him, I said, um, no, you don't. He said, you can't say that to me. I know whether I believe these things or not. I said, no, you don't. I said, you might have ascended to some kind of agreement with something you heard in your mind, but you don't believe it until you believe it in your heart. And the way you just told me tells me you don't believe it in your heart. Paul said this. He said, but what does it say? And he quotes the Old Testament. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. Don't make it complicated. Don't think you've got to be some, you know, perfect person or that you've got to pull everything together. You've got to impress somebody. It's the question is, do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? And are you willing to confess it? And we're talking heaven. We're talking peace. We're talking power you've not known up till now in your life. You're talking, you're talking about a journey of discovering what it means to really live. You're talking about destiny and gifts and, and, and the, 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 the presence of God, knowing that God loves you. There's a lot here that's on the other side of that belief in your heart. So don't hesitate. Now here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Megan.